Good afternoon and welcome to the Trady Hour. In, our, in, in today's episode, we're going to be putting a significant spotlight on the changing, the changing face, the changing look and feel, the changing level of execution as it relates to your trades and construction business. We have an amazing, an amazing level of panellists here today. And uh, again, across all the breadth and width of trades and construction, we have an amazing, an amazing level of our panellists. Let me introduce them. Firstly and foremostly, Michael Bennett, the General Manager of Master Plumbers, New South Wales, a, uh, one of the strongest voices, one of the strongest voices as it, as it relates to that organisation, as it relates to a formidable trade in the trades and constructions environment. Michael Bennett, good afternoon and good to see you. How good are afternoon. you? Stefan, I'm really well. What about yourself? Mate, I'm really good and I'm really excited about today's uh, conversation because in fairness, there's a, uh, there's a projection that in 2054, Australia's population will be over 50 million, which means trades and construction, as we continue to navigate through what is right now a little bit of a, uh, a tricky period, is always going to be at the forefront of industry and uh, a significant sector in our, uh, in our economy. So I'm really excited about unpacking that with you and, uh, and discussing a little further as to the changing face of trades and construction. Love to also introduce uh, our next panellist, Paul Tyrrell, CEO and founder of Field Insight, a, uh, a job management software that's truly making an impact as it relates to focusing on the HVAC predominant industry and growing its presence not only in Australia but also the US and beyond. Paul, good to see you here today. G'day, Stefan. Great, great to be here. Yeah. And, I mean, there's no doubting, you know, the, the importance of high-tech and high-touch, great great ownership, great leadership, but also utilising automation and software to your, uh, to your advantage as the, uh, the industry, trades and construction, continues to push forward and, and being more efficient and more effective at what we do. So I truly look forward to unpacking that with you. And our final uh, panellist here today is uh, none other than Mark Flynn, an owner, a founder of a bricklaying organisation that I truly consider as a, uh, a go-to business here in Melbourne, Victoria, as it relates to top-end, front-end and quality um, work in residential and commercial buildings. Mark, good to see you here today. Yeah, thanks, Stefan. Thanks for having me. And it's really interesting, right? I, I, I'm just wondering, you know, in this day and age, who wakes up in the middle of the night and or the morning and says, today's the day I want to run a bricklaying business, let alone become what is otherwise known as building a career in a bricklaying business. Um, in a bricklaying um, um, job and or progression. So, mate, I love what you're doing. I love the uh, the ability to keep on attracting the best of the best to be joining your business. But when I think about and look look further into your current client base, you are attracting A-grade customers all around you. So the changing face, the changing, I guess, ability to say no, even in a peripheral uh, industry such as uh, um, bricklaying is, is phenomenal. And I look forward to unpacking that with you. So welcome, everybody. And today's spotlight. Today's spotlight at our uh, Tradies Hour, brought to you by Business Benchmark Group, is going to be focusing on the changing face, the changing of the guard in real terms. You know, we're leaving the 80s and 90s and even early 2000s behind us, and we're moving into the 2020s. We're moving into, for the first time in a long time, an inflationary economy. You know, we've just had a financial year finish, a new financial year start. For many of us, there is a new beginning about to happen. In the next 12 months, 
totally influences and impacts what shows up in your trade and construction community, association and or business, what will be showing up in the next three to five years. So I really look forward to unpacking this. Let's start with you, Michael, I guess. Being a, uh, a, a formidable uh, association, the Master Plumbers, New South Wales specifically for you, um, what are you seeing as it relates to a trend or a uh, uh, something that's noteworthy as to the changing, the changing of the guard of how we do business um, in a trades and construction business and namely in the plumbing industry? What are you seeing right now, Michael? Well, the last two years, Stefan, has um, been nothing but disruption. So the, the issue for us that's front and centre is skilled labour. <clears throat> and um, getting properly credentialed plumbers into the, the industry is problematic at the moment. You've had a, a pause on skilled migration uh, for a couple of years. You've had disruption to the usual or the traditional uptake of apprenticeships. So uh, not a day goes by where we don't get a call from a member asking if we know of somebody, a, a licensed contractor or a tradesperson that's looking for work. So, so I think that that's, that's going to be compounded or exacerbated by the fact that there's so much demand. Uh, there's um, you know infrastructure work that's being bankrolled by the state government. Obviously, the floods in the north coast have impacted. So, yeah, skilled labour is the is the number one issue for us right now. And and, and it's definitely felt across. Um, you know, I mean, we 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 service many many businesses that have that same issue, um, and not exclusive to the plumbing industry, of course. But in saying that, you know, the doors and the and the borders and the the last two years, as it relates to the, the whole country, let alone the world being locked in has certainly exacerbated that issue. In saying that, though, um, um, moving forward and, 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 and for every individual trades and or construction business, working harder on enabling the employer, the employer-employee value proposition, building something that even in this tight labour market makes it attractive. And it's not just about the money. It's not just about paying more money. And I know that is a trap that many of us um, fall into when we get desperate for labour and or um, new people joining our team. But the ability to build employee value proposition over and beyond. So for me, it's very important that the, the voice, the message is constantly being understood at a, at a business owner level as to build something that's going somewhere. So if you think about it, in my opening remarks, and this is, this is a, uh, a considered fact, that our population in Australia, I mean, think about this part of the world, whether it's Australia, New Zealand, this is a destination for so many people that are, I guess, living in other parts of the world that see Australia with so much land, so much space and a very limited population. So by 2050 plus, we're going to be at 50 million dollar plus, uh, 50 million people or so in the country. That can only equal a continual boom and a continual progression for the need and the demand for trades and construction, and the governments and or the economy, the economics as to bringing more people in has got to be part and parcel of of, of a rapid strategy in, in in the next period. No two ways about it. Paul, as I come to you, running, um, building, running and, and, and growing a uh, job management system and, and you know, you, you do end-to-end -end as it relates to your job management system from quoting to scheduling to invoicing and collecting the funds. So it's end-to-end -end and it's very, uh, very unique and robust. And I know it's been a project for a long time and you have many clients that are 
absolutely utilising the uh, the privilege of this job management system. When you think about technology, automation, and the trades and construction industry, what do you see as the common reason, the common reason why trade and construction business owners are knocking on your door saying, hey, we need some help as it relates to our, uh, our job management um, processes? What do you see as a trend? Um, I think what always happens is technology evolves and, and moves forward and uh, businesses uh, build, build themselves on the um, available technology at the time. And 10 years ago, that was paper and spreadsheets and they build very successful businesses actually. And they, they can really dial in their systems and get very efficient businesses. And typically what uh, technology offers is increased speed and increased um, efficiency, but specifically feed uh, speed. So um, I'd say the shift away from spreadsheets and away from paper into new software solutions. And what we've tried to do, um, a lot of businesses have found themselves using multiple different software products and spreadsheets and diaries and paper. And we've tried to build an all-in-one end-to-end job management platform, which actually consolidates the job management side of things, focusing on field service and asset management and being able to have all your information in one place so everyone's looking at the same page um, allows you to just design a more efficient system. So if you can save 10 or 20% um, in your business, that actually saves some time from a labor point of view. So that negates having to hire someone to grow initially. You can see it a bit more growth without hiring. And if you do hire, you can just get a bit more uh, benefit from that hiring process. So I would just say that that shift across to new technology and just trying to uh, make the most of what's available out there for, for your business. Yeah. And, and what I'm seeing, and I see it every day, of course, in our, uh, in our business, a business benchmark group, is tradies and construction business owners, regardless of age, like even the 50-year-olds, the 60-year-olds are embracing and certainly um, paying attention to we've got to do this better. And it's got to be almost one touch and one place, as you just as you just shared. So the thirty and forty year olds, and, and and Mark, you're going to represent that in a moment, right? The thirty and forty year old business owners of trades and construction are certainly understanding that um, to bring technology and and the efficiencies that that creates into your business is uh, certainly a non negotiable right now. So thanks for sharing that. I'll circle back to that because the. Uh, the, the implications, the implications of miscommunication, a schedule that isn't understood or totally aligned across the top to bottom, bottom to top of every trade and or construction business right now is costing thousands of dollars. And when margins are getting eroded by the day, by the, by the job, then you have to be continuously looking at which other parts of the business can we improve efficiency and or minimise overhead. Right, yeah. so great um, segue into introducing Mark and, uh, and 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 an amazing owner of a trade-based business in bricklaying. Let me say, which is a peripheral industry, and it's always harder to uh, become a benchmark business in a peripheral industry. Is what I see and what I know. And and power to you, Mark. I love what you do, and um, watching your uh, growth over the last twelve or so months has been phenomenal. What do you see as um, I guess the uh, the issues that need to be solved, the problem that needs to be solved as it relates to trades and construction? You come from a feet in the ground, let's say feet in the mud in this period in, in Melbourne with all the rain and what have you. But how do you see the uh, the trend of um, the problem that needs to be solved, mate? 
Yeah, number one for us at the moment is the scheduling of projects and um, projects being delayed. So there's obviously there's labour shortages and that out there, but um, yeah, we find that um, uh, yeah, we're given a program with um, start dates, completion dates um, that just aren't hitting the mark at the moment. So communication um, needs to rise from from both sides, from the contractor and the and the builder. Um, and uh, more more updates and uh, more regular con yeah contact in in programming. Um, we're currently working on an average average delayed project, so that if you call us with a project mm -hmm. in December, we know we're probably not going to see you till Feb, um, based on the current current market and yeah the way the industry is so, moving. So how are you? Um, I mean, your your business is totally reliant on the schedule of the developer or the builder or or the customer, whichever way it goes. It's totally reliant on that. And 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 in fairness, you. Your, your trade would come in at different stages um, throughout the build. So what are you seeing as, because um, what you just said is profound, right? If you're originally scheduling something for October and you're turning up now in February, no fault of yours, um, what's that doing to, uh, to the business, the cash flow, the ability to hold on to talent? Are you now starting to think, shit, we'll quote, um, we'll quote jobs that are needing us in November knowing we're going to be there in March, but what happens if all this... Um, gets realigned and and, and 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 sorted what happens to what could be a an uncomfortable squeeze back on you to be no 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 we said september now within say february why aren't you here what happens yeah. if that turns up for you because that is a trend that can definitely boomerang um very quickly yeah. particularly as the borders grow and open i don't currently currently have the answer to that one Stephen. um well, and, and, and thank you for being um, honest there, but, 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 but in fairness, um, I think you would need to be thinking about a plan B. Mm. I, think, I think understanding the trend of what's actually happening in the last six to 12 months, which means job schedules are being pushed out because of the lack of materials or the lack of labour and you know, upstream the trades are struggling, particularly um, trades with timber and or metal are, are typically struggling right now from a material procurement point of view. So if that's what's happening and it's pushing everyone else out and that's what you're experiencing, there will be a time when that gets corrected because the investors are not going to be okay to be having their properties or developments um, being finished, you know, 15 months after schedule forever. So at some point it's going to come back to. So my recommendation, or, 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 or again, just just in this conversation, Michael, how would you um, how would you advise a uh, um, one of your members in New South Wales, a plumbing business, as it relates? So, okay, the schedule is getting pushed out, but at some point it will come back in, and then you're going to be held to account to deliver and or liquidated damages might turn up unnecessarily. How would you um, how would you um, recommend a um, a member of yours um, deal with that? That's a really difficult one. And like Mark, I don't know that I've got the the complete answer, but obviously it's about managing your resources and your costs. Um, you know, what, what can you be doing with your team elsewhere if a job's being held up? You know, are there alternatives? You know, is there maintenance that can be done instead of some commercial stuff? So it's about juggling um, uh, the jobs around a little bit and trying to maximise, um, you know, cost efficiency where possible. If it means putting, you know, some of their employees on annual leave, you know, that, that, those sorts of things are a consideration. And, and, and I love where you just went there with, um, you know, I always, I like taught very early in business to, you know, if you're running an ice cream shop, in other words, it's seasonal, it's very busy in summer. Winter is typically typically a down down period, 
as a reference. This is an example. I got taught very early in business that if you're running an ice cream shop, then it's your job as an owner or leader and you must do your job versus hide under uh, hide under rocks, turn it into a soup kitchen in winter. So as it relates to many of the trades, you know, that 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 ratio of work between business to consumer versus business to business or that ratio of work that equals project versus maintenance or service. And in Mark's case, again, we're just we're just riffing here, mate. Um, thinking about, okay, you do those bigger uh, bigger projects. It could be, you know, 100, $300,000 projects, but having an army or a team of people that are doing brick fences for the consumer at $10,000 a pop because they ain't, they ain't or don't have necessarily, and this is just an example, by the way, for the sake of the changing face of trades and construction, you know, to have a bank of three, four, five hundred thousand dollars worth of work in progress in front fences or brick fences, which are literally, you know, five, six day jobs with two guys or girls, um, I think it's to your advantage as it relates to a plan B. And if you're building team, if you're building team right now, and building team is one of the hardest things that we're 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 hearing in the market across Australia, New Zealand, and the US. Labor is tight. It's your responsibility not to take your eye off continuously hiring A-grade people. And there's no perfect time to hire an A-grade other than now. So if you're building that team, then it's your responsibility as an owner to be thinking a little further as to, okay, if we had a dip in productivity or production or schedule, we can't continue to give people annual leave at a time when they don't want it because that's going to equal a, a, a bad culture. And you can do it occasionally, but not forever. So can we create the soup kitchen in winter while we're typically an ice cream shop in summer? Of course you can. So it's the thinking. It's the business owner time that definitely influences that. From your perspective, Paul, from your perspective, again, running a, a end-to-end job management system that to, totally is a one-click, one-touch, end-to-end um, approach in what you've built, what are you seeing as it relates to that 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 variation of project work versus maintenance work? What are you seeing as it relates to your customers and what they're suggesting um, or seeing as their uh, their their um, their split between end user trade or project versus maintenance? What are you seeing as a trend in that combination? Um, so yeah, coming back to your point about the the problems impacting in industry like suppliers definitely one supply of materials supplier resources and um that management of work that third one about dealing with um work coming in in a lumpy manner um what we've had some customers do really successfully is uh automate um the maintenance side of work so what they do is there's normally an annual service say with hvac or any insulation uh installation work uh, installation work. So they um, schedule their maintenance work to be the off-peak off time. So they, when they're super busy, they're pushed out six weeks. Um, and then when it's quiet, they turn on the maintenance tap. So they actually just schedule their maintenance to be, even though it's not strictly 12 months, right? So they're smart. So they bring it forward a bit or push it back. So they sort of smooth, smooth things out with a, a maintenance point of view. Um, the material supply is really, really hard because you just can't get it or you can get it, but shipping's really expensive and containers are really expensive and supply is really restricted. 
and prices are going up. So we have an insulation business because we've sort of widened out of HVAC a little bit. We've probably got 30 different verticals we help now, but we've got an insulation company and they just, um, they found it very hard to lock in the product they were going to supply for an insulation job. So they changed their quoting process to just have a generic product at the start, not lock in the product until um, the day before they go and supply. And then they choose the, the, um, the R value they need for the insulation and then they, they choose that product. So they delay as possible, as long as they can, the, the actual choosing of the, the product. But it's, um, yeah, it's just about being flexible, uh, not quitting and, yeah, and, and diving in um, um, to the task, I guess, and, and just listing the challenges you've got. Because it is, it's actually, it's been a really, really tough two years and some businesses didn't make it, some are thriving and, you know, the majority are just, just, just trying to nut through it, yeah. And what I know about business and um, what I know about business and, and what I get to see in a very privileged posi position that I'm in um, day to day is the, uh, you know, the, the importance of this many years. And it's been a very privileged position to see it, not only experience it in my own business, but see it in growing businesses, is that um, businesses need to project a what is my obstacle, what is my choke, what is going to be my problem and how do I solve it? Solve it. So, in a, in a in an economy, in an environment in trades and construction that's definitely changing, as it relates to the rising cost of doing business and the increasing level of regulation. You, um, what is your um, feedback to your members at Master Plumbers New South Wales? Well, I think Stephen, it comes back to the association to make sure that we've got the the appropriate information front and centre to our members. I mean, the the landscape is is shifting. There's regulatory changes. We talked a little bit earlier about a change of government. Now you've got the Plumbing Code of Australia being reviewed. You've got uh, Plumbing and Drainage Act. You've got all this legislation that is a little bit difficult to unpack for, uh, for a, a contractor who's particularly busy. So we try and present that information in digestible formats that they can understand. And obviously we're on the other end of the phone to answer questions about how they navigate some of that, uh, that complicated landscape. Um, but the, the pricing, the materials going up, you know, the cost of labour going up, I think it's fair to say that our members approach that in a fair and reasonable way. Uh, particularly in regional towns where you know the local licensed contractor the worst bit of marketing you possibly do is to take advantage of a local um, so i think um, you know we've got a pretty sensible approach to dealing with some of the challenges that are on the horizon yeah no definitely and, and paul how do you um how do you see again you know job management system changing changing face of construction and and trade as it relates to higher and tighter regulations and a moving beast as it relates to the cost of doing um, So we've just been doing some work with a, a fairly large fire company. So one of their challenges is the Australian fire standards, which are very complicated and change, uh, change over time and are quite dynamic. So we built a, um, a standards database for different asset types. So that allows them now to dynamically generate the report based on the different standards. So they have to maintain the master standards. They have to update it for specific, uh, specific buildings and sites. But then, then we, we take that information and we help them put the report together quickly, which saves admin. I mean, I view the world through the lens of how much time can you save with software? That's sort of the way I view everything. So when, when you come up with a problem uh, like, you know, changing regulations, it's really the time it takes you to manage that. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's what you, you have to sort of build a system around. Yeah. So Mark, as it relates to you running a business where loss of productivity has a massive impact, how do you manage again, the, the increasing costs of 
literally at the starting point of getting their head around um, quotes that you submitted six months ago, five months ago, and having that conversation around things have changed and we need to make sure we're playing the win-win, making sure that you're not being impacted by rising costs of doing the business or delivering the goods. How, how are you having those conversations with your, uh, with your customers and how are they embraced? Yeah, it's something I think that's been measured a lot more um, rather than just the figure at the bottom of the quote is now time. It's something I've always measured and valued quite highly um, is the time, not so much the, the product. And now I think the current climate is forcing us to look at time because uh, the product you can't change, you can't avoid it. So high communication with our suppliers um, on a quote-by-quote -quote basis and then revisiting on a quote-by-quote -quote basis, just, um, yeah, keeping up to date with them, double-checking, um, you know, seeing if we can um, hold pricing for, you know, so that we, we can pass that on, um, yeah, to our clients or we can make our clients aware of upcoming um, price increases that they may not have been aware of um, to give them sort of deadlines on, um, yeah, when things need to happen and, and yeah, just communication, high, high, really high level of communication. And and how are you um how are you embracing the, the the identity of an owner in a trades construction business that is done we can't do it for that price. In other words, you are very good at what you do. You're very reliable at what you do, but you're deciding no longer to be cheap, which is one of your breakthroughs in the last twelve months. How are you? How are you? What is the response you're getting from old customers that say no? no well, you used to do it a lot cheaper why are you changing now how are you embracing at an owner level that oh, a uh, identity of, shift a lot of clients we don't work with anymore to be honest um we sort of yeah graded them as a as a b or c or some d grade clients and we've now targeted found and uh um working with uh a grade clients so um we've got our own internal measures for that um and each client does get yeah get graded so um Face. This is the changing phase of trades and construction. If you're going to build, like, let me let me just share in, in a moment. We'll just go to a commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to share a very important statistic as it relates to trades and choice. The hard choice that every trade-based business owner has, and or community leader or association leader has to influence their community with the hard choice. Sixty percent. 60% of trades and or construction businesses will plateau in the next two years. In other words, they're going to be going backwards in real time, financially, spiritually, and emotionally. So what is it that moves us towards the 30% that are going to grow and or lead businesses towards what will be an undeniable, amazing period, next period in, 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 in property and or trades and construction in Australia? And then the 10% that absolutely make it to being a benchmark business. So in a couple of moments, we're going to come back and uh, share our thoughts and views on the hard choice as it relates to being owner of a trade-based business as being the best trading in a trade-based business.
In this episode, we're discussing the changing, the changing face of trades and construction industries and the hard choice as it relates to being the best owner of a trades and construction-based business versus being the best tradie in a trade-based business. 60% of trades will remain on a plateau. In other words, they're going to be going backwards, falling behind. 30% in the next two years will be achieving and continuously growing and a sustainable and predictable for-profit business. 10% will end up owning a fleet of yachts. What that means is you are absolutely clear about what you're saying yes to and you're protecting your business owner time. Mark, as it relates to being a formidable voice, a formidable representation of trade in, in New South Wales, but in fairness, one of the leading trades in the industry, plumbing that is, what do you say as it relates to the hard choice for business owners in trades and construction out there? What do you say and what do you speak to as it relates to these statistics? So, Michael, as it relates to these statistics, what is what are your views as a formidable voice in trade and construction in New South Wales? Well, I think the landscape's going to become even more hyper-competitive. And the reality is, is that if uh, our members start competing on, on cost, uh, then it's going to be a, a race to the bottom. So it's about doing your due diligence on those clients that, uh, that are reliable and ensuring that you're actually um, you know, maximising efficiencies with your resources and focusing on uh, those A-grade clients, as you call them. An owner of a bricklaying contracting business, what do you say as it relates to this? Um, yeah, well, I think it's uh, that's how it's going to be. There, there's already, um, you know, trades and other businesses that, that I, I know of directly that I've been in communication with that, um, that are falling behind it and that have um, just given up and just got out of it. Um, they think it's too risky um, in the current climate to be in business um, and they've just removed themselves yeah, from that risk. Um, there's definitely going to be 30% that will achieve a, a solid, sustainable business. Um, and, uh, yeah, there, there will be that 10, top 10% that do thrive and do come out of this, you know, a lot stronger than what they went into it. So when you think about the next two to three years in your business, in your industry, what do you see for you and what you're leading as the owner of your business? I firmly believe we're in that 30% at the moment. We do have a solid, sustainable business um, that is going to be around for a long time. So, um, you know, we've got a, a team that's um, a very tight team, a strong team uh, that enjoy working together. Um, and we, uh, we work just as hard to protect that as well from a cultural perspective. So, so what does that actually mean? What, what does it actually mean? I mean, a bricklaying business, culture perspective, what does, that, what does that actually mean as it relates to your protecting that? Well, there's, a, there's a, I guess, an entry criteria that um, would be standard in an employment, uh, employment perspective, but from a bricklaying perspective, it's, it's unheard of or it's, un, it's not familiar. Um, and straight away, that for, uh, for us filters out um, who's serious and who's, who's not. Um, there's not many bricklayers that have resumes or are willing to put something together to apply for a position. Uh, traditionally, they're used to just turning up with their tools and if you're any good, you'll, you'll stay. If you're not, you'll get told to go home. So that, that's something that we're changing. Um, basically, yeah, it's the first hurdle, I guess. Um, and as it relates to building that uh, that business that stands the test of time, are you how much how much effort and energy are you putting into future leaders in your business? Mm, there's a lot, yeah, a lot of training, um, a lot of uh, yeah, employing strong leaders 
um, to support me within the business. So our, from an office perspective, um, you know, we're as strong as we've ever been. Um, and that's flowing onto our site teams as well. Their, their you know, leadership on site is, um, is strengthening and the feedback from our clients is, is a reflection of that. So it's, um, it's really positive. And is that hard work when you think about the way you used to do it versus the way you are doing it? Was that is, is, it, is it hard work, Mark? Are you putting 10 more hours a week because of that? No. No, I'm actually putting in less now. I'm working less. So um, and handing over a little bit more uh, to people that are, um, are better are better than me at it. So it's, um, yeah, allowing them to thrive in, in, in their workplace. Um, and me taking a step aside. And, and these are the critical, these are the critical traits or the critical features of that 30 and 10% of the trades and construction industry. You know, there's a, uh, there's a notion floating around that 40%, this is, this is about a year old, by the way, and it's coming true by the day, 40% of businesses in trades and construction, it was predicted in the middle of 2021 over the next three to four years, will hit a brick wall or go into financial stress and or insolvency and and you know that's a terrible thing to happen because most most of those businesses are small and they're uh, family owned and operated and, and the impact of that is truly uh, truly non-pleasing however it's the work you do as the business owner and leader that typically gets you to being that 30 percent or three in ten Paul, as it relates to what you see here as the hard choice, you're at the forefront of working with trades and construction. What is it that you see um, that moves people away from the 60% to the 30% mark? Um, I, I loved what Mark said actually about uh, culture and continuous optimization and flexibility because I think they're, they're really, um, they're foundational. Uh, the, the hat I sort of wear is systems and software automation and um, I, I view the world in a, a sort of a, a matrix of uh, software, um, software automation this way and uh, systemization up here. And I think if you have low systemization and low software automation, you're in this place, which I would call um, chaos town. And I think if you're there in the current climate with all of the headwind and all of the competition, you're, you're gonna struggle. I think if you have your systems in place but you don't have the software, you're gonna be slow. Competitors are gonna eat you up. I think you need to systemize to go faster. And the more you systemize, the more you can hand over the business. So if you have the systems defined and the software automation in place, you can put other people in to complete roles. And that gives you this ability to grow and scale. Um, the, the thing Mark was saying about continuous uh, improvement, and you can see that that's going on in your business. Uh, Mark, that's huge. So, so never just sort of thinking you're there. You always just have to, you have to continually find the, the weakest point in your business and, and optimize that and push that forward. And I think what can happen is you can hire the wrong software. So you've got the wrong software um, and you don't have full systemization in place and you're in sort of a very frustrating place. Um, I think then that puts you back in the, in the 60%. And I think if you can get the right systems in place first, and then you can put the software in, in, in place to help your business run faster, then that gets you into sort of smart town. And then if you can get your KPIs and your business benchmarks, which uh, you, you, you taught me, Stefan, actually, um, that gets you up into performance town. And that's that gets you into to that top point and they're sort of stepping stones. But I don't think you can ever stop this continuous improvement and, and being flexible to challenge and change. You just like, you're, 
you will just fall into into that place you don't want to be if you you don't keep moving. Uh, well, um, well, well shared there. And again, you know, good people following great systems become great people innovating great systems, and that's how you keep on elevating where there's no glass ceilings. Love that, Paul. Thank you. As we uh, come to the conclusion of this episode of the Tradies Hour. What do we what do we predict for our organizations, our associations, our, our influence for being great leaders of our communities and or businesses? What do we predict as it relates to the next two years in um, in, in our businesses or our communities? I'll start with you, Mark. Um, what do you predict for your business in the next two years as it relates to moving forward with the momentum you have? Um, well, for us it's it's looking pretty good. It's looking very broad already. Um, our work in progress at the moment. Um, future work booked in is, is at a record all-time high. Um, we're actively hiring um, in those areas more specifically for um, targeted employees of who we actually, what we're looking for, the areas that we have to work in and the areas that, um, that those employees, future employees are in. <coughs> um, from an industry's perspective, I think it's a bit of a, a dangerous time. Um, we've had to tighten up our contracts. Um, conditions and terms uh, within the contracts that we just won't accept um, given the current market that we're in. Um, but yeah, because I think it's also a bit of a dangerous time uh, to be in business as well, especially in construction. We've had a few, um, how you say, top end of town uh, builders in the country have gone into liquidation. So um, I think there's a bit of a fear for, for all subcontractors of not knowing who's going to be next um, and whether you're, you potentially are or, you know, have worked, yeah, with one of them, you, you won't know until it's too late. So um, from an industry perspective, I think it's um, it's uh, it's going to be a challenge. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's, there's things that we can be doing to to minimise that risk um, with every project that we take on. So, Well done, mate. Awesome having you here. Paul, how do you see the next 12 to 24 months for Field Insight? What are you, uh, what are you seeing as it relates to the immediate future for you? Um, I think people are cautious in the in the current climate, but businesses which are pushing forward in this this climate when other business other people are cautious is where you jump ahead. So, I'd say the businesses which are surviving and thriving in this climate will do really really well as we come out of this. Uh, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of fear in the market that we'll we'll have a a, a fairly deep dip. But uh, uh, my feeling is. It's a, a temporary constraint. It may be a six-month or a 12-month or even a two-year constraint, worst case. But we will come out of that. And as you say, with a, a growing uh, population and even just a, there's, there's so, a backlog of so much work which needs to be done that, like, everyone actually just wants to go forward. So, so I'm, I'm optimistic, but I, I do think um, you just have to be um, cautious and not reckless and, 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 and protect yourself. Um, in that path to growth, I think. But it's definitely, the opportunity is there in this climate of uncertainty, yeah. Brilliant, Paul, and great having you here as a panellist in today's episode. And Michael, as a final, uh, as a final, let's call it words of wisdom, um, what do you see as an industry leader in, 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 in New South Wales, Master Plumbers, what do you see as it relates to the next 12 to 24 months? Well, uh, primarily our focus will be on advocacy and lobbying, uh, particularly around the integrity of the licensing regime in, in New South Wales. But, um, but additionally, we'll be focused on services and benefits to the membership. And uh, our mantra is, 
is that we want membership to be essential uh, to plumbing contractors in New South Wales. But, but I think one of our primary focuses is going to be around that skills piece being front and centre, particularly as we mentioned with the change of government, what that's going to look like in uh, bringing in the next generation of plumbing contractors. Yeah, excellent. And look, from, from my perspective and what we're seeing here, um, being at the forefront and looking under the hood of you know many, many, many trade and construction-based businesses, what we're seeing is the next period is about cash flow. It's not necessarily about growth. It's about truly keeping your powder dry, being really clear about where your cash ins and where your cash outs are coming from. And most importantly, around that piece called cost of sale, cost of delivery, cost of efficiency and effectiveness. That piece there, as, as we constantly educate and guide and totally um, um, admire our customers that take our lead, it's not about being big. It's about is the juice worth the squeeze? When you have a choice in business, do I, do I want to be big or do I want to be rich? Always choose rich. So therefore, the next period is truly about, truly about cash flow and protecting the consistency around that versus growth for growth's sake. The Tradey Hour, brought to you by Business Benchmark Group. Thank you so much, Mark Flynn from Brickett, Michael Bennett from Master Plumbers New South Wales, and Paul Terrell from Field Insight. Have a great afternoon and evening. Thank you so much for being here. Cheers to you.